I like to talk about Miramichi. I like to talk about sports. It's in my wheelhouse. We have hosted major midget Atlantics and then had our team ripped away from us thanks to Hockey New Brunswick. That still pisses me off. What I love about it is that you remember it one way, I remember it another, but we'll both remember it as The Run. Welcome to episode number 11 of The Run. Thanks so much for listening in to the previous 10 episodes. And a reminder, you can check it out at ironhousepro.com, Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. You can download, stream, and a reminder to subscribe. And if you'd be so kind as to give us a positive rating too, we would appreciate it. Jerry Green is back for episode 11. Good day, Jerry. Positive ratings are important. They are indeed. We're getting positive feedback, which is nice, but... Uh... We need those ratings. We need some hard numbers, eh? Keeps the powers that yeah. be at bay. All right. We got to get a little plug in here for Jeremy Bork. Jeremy's a young lad uh, originally from here who makes his living and home out west now. He is responsible for the run theme music. So, Jeremy, we appreciate that. And also, thanks to LJ Patterson Sales. You can check them out online at ljpattersonsales.com. It is trailer season. Check them out online. Catch a deal with L.J. Patterson Sales. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about the New Brunswick Senior Baseball League. Here we go. We are recording this on Saturday, June 29th. The rain has wreaked havoc on our Saturday afternoon plans yet again, Jerry. We were rained out on Thursday past, and now today, the pair with Charlottetown has been moved to June 30th. That is Sunday afternoon. Quick look at the standings to this point in time. The St. John Alpines continue to run away with a 12-3 and record. Fredericton is second at 5-4. and Charlottetown is at 5-8. and The Ironmen are at 3-6. and And the Moncton Fisher Cats are at 3-7. and A couple of statistics of note that really stand out to me, Jerry, and I'm sure you. If you look at Charlottetown, their runs four with a 5-8 and record. 17 runs in 13 games. I'm going to say that again because a bear is repeating. 17 runs in 13 games. Cripes. It is unbelievable. And as we look through the games that they've played, they've played now uh, St. John six times, and they're four and two against the Alpines, but have only scored four runs in those six games and get two wins out of it. So obviously, and I've seen it throughout um Every time you look at a Charlottetown box score, usually low-scoring affairs. They're not getting the offense. They're certainly getting the pitching and the defense. And uh, sooner or later, you're going to need some offense. Patty, 17 runs in uh, you know in 13 games. That's 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 not a uh, something you can hang your hat on and, and depend on pitching and defense to get just some more wins down the line. And yet, and here we are throwing stones. And yet, Jerry, with their 17 runs for. They're in third place in the league, for God's sakes. For God's sakes, yes. But <laughs> here, here, the Ironman, like you say, we they were rained out Thursday. Well, the Thursday game was a game from the f- previous week where yeah. they were supposed to play the Fisher Cats. So here, the Ironman have nine games, and St. John's played now 15. And mm-hmm. you do the math, you know, that's six games and the difference that St. John's been able to play that that Chatham and, oh, yeah, Chatham's got the lowest amount because Moncton's next with only 10 games under their belt. Oh, St. John, or Fredericton only has nine games as well. So Fredericton and St. John played last night in Fredericton. They managed to get a game in, and um, Fredericton got off to a great start against who else? Case, and couldn't hold it. And ended up losing a 10-8 game, I believe. It was a final score. And Casey in long enough to get the win. And in long enough, he was in still with allowing mm. six runs, of which they say a few of them, uh, five of those six were unearned. So um, it's an interesting league. And it's, uh, as you know, Yogi Bear always used to say, it's never over till it's over. And, you know, it's uh, 
Especially in baseball. You're not unless the last out is made, is the game done? The other one that sticks out to me is twofold. St. John's runs four at 65, which is gaudy, but uh, their runs against a mere 29. So they're in the driver's seat here thus far. 12-3 and three record uh, in a league that plays 32 games. They have 15 in the bank, so almost half of their schedule is complete, and they're the runaway leaders here, four games up on second Fredericton. Uh, but a team not knowing Jerry for its offensive prowess over the last handful of years, but they're off to the races now. Yeah, they've been doing uh, everything well, and again, I always take a look at the box scorers and see who's hitting and who's not. It's top of the order is doing it, and when they're not, the bottom of the order seems to be chipping in, so they're they're getting some some balance, and they're, and they're getting what you always need is good pitching. We'll put a cap on Case. Six and one now, folks. With a 238 ERA, 46 strikeouts in 35.1 innings pitched. Wowzers. He is as advertised, Jerry. Yeah, he, he was always uh, waiting to see him come to town, of which he's been to Miramichi once already. But uh, everybody else is starting to, uh, um, what's the billboard of my guess, mm. that he'll be starting and, and getting some fans out to see the talent that that is. He's a talented pitcher coming new to the league, and everybody wants to see what the big hubbub is about. And, uh, of course, the uh, Chatham senior Ironman, as you had referenced, have made some personnel changes. Here is how things uh, shook down this week. Jack Kraft was released. Ian Hardman is the new import pitcher who is en route to Miramichi and is expected to be in uniform tomorrow against uh, Charlottetown. Again, folks, we are recording this on Saturday, June 29th. And the other footnote of that is that Kraft, by all accounts, he's taking a little moment to decompress and cool off uh, back at home in New Jersey, but is now a Charlottetown Islander. And Jerry, don't quote me on this, but I think that's the first time that Charlottetown has ever dipped their toes in the import water. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, no, I think it, uh, if memory serves, yeah, I think you'd be safe to, to say that. And uh, Jack is a is a you know, great lad off the field and sort of, sort of see him go. The Ironman had to make... A move which they thought they had to make. And um, interesting, I think it was a player that maybe Fredericton was after at the same time. I talk about Hardman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I, I saw a Bruce Hallahan article the other day of which they have a couple of bodies coming in in the import variety. And the names escape me at this point, but it seems like they've finally rightened that ship. And, and supposedly it's now official that they don't think... Uh, uh, Kramer will be coming back. You know what? This is somewhat new to the New Brunswick Senior Baseball League specifically because it's what we know best, the Chatham Senior Ironman, this whole releasing of an import. You know what? It is what it is. It's nothing personal. As you had referenced, Jack is a great guy uh, off the field, uh, one of the best, and always had uh, some time to have a little chit-chat with yourself and I. But looking at the numbers, and if one is to be judged by his numbers, here it is right here. Uh, Jack Kraft was batting uh, less than 150 and an ERA just shy of five, Jerry's. So, you know, the numbers, unfortunately, don't lie in that case. Well, if you look at it, you know, I don't think I'm going to shock anybody by saying, you know, imports get paid to come and play. Right. And if you're going to invest that money, you can't have them as a fourth starter and you can't have them batting below 200 here in, in the uh, first uh, nine, 10 games of the season. And, and uh, uh, you know, you got to really appreciate the thought process that must have went into this for Greg Morris and Mark Noel and and uh, Kevin Bowes about having to make a move right at this time, and uh, it had the, the the trigger had to be pulled, I guess, and and uh, they think they've pulled it and it's gone in the right going in the right direction. We'll we'll get our look at Hardman here in the next uh, week to ten days. It, it is what it is in the sense that you're 100 percent correct. If the import guy who's making a salary and has come with much fanfare and much press coverage. 
if they're not your number one or two pitcher, or they're not leading the way in the offensive side of things, or making killer yep. plays in the field, yeah. you got to go. I, I, it's it's an unfortunate side of the game, uh, but it is uh, what it is, and we'll see Jack Kraft again, hopefully, if he takes up residence over in Charlottetown with the Islanders in a game, Jerry, of high intrigue. Uh, his first visit to Chatham will be something to <laughs> behold for sure. And, you know, maybe the bar was set too high by Jarvis. Uh, Jarvis came to this team last year and was a great pitcher, but he was also great offensively. He was fourth or fifth in the order and played first base as well when needed to. And a great guy. So maybe that's what you're looking at. Okay, there's value of a guy that's really making an impact on our team. Yeah, you're 100% right. Uh, I I don't disagree with that. Maybe the bar has been unfortunately raised a little bit too lofty thanks to a hell of a season from Jason Jarvis. Uh, Further down the road on Canada Day, Chatham is in St. John for a pair of games. And isn't that a hell of a 48 hours right there, Jerry? Two with Charlottetown, then you're on the bus to St. John for another two with very little turnaround. Uh, Yeah, it is. And uh, St. John playing last night, uh, it is. uh, Where do you get the arms? I mean, you got four games, you got to start there. So all hands on deck, and uh, that's what makes uh, doubleheaders fun. That's what I like about them. Thursday, July 4th, Moncton is in Chatham. On Saturday the 6th, Chatham is in Fredericton. That seems like a rare Saturday night game in the capital city, does it not? Or am I crazy? Oh, absolutely. Chatham and Fredericton, that's a Friday night. Yeah, so there's rare Saturday action there. Uh, Tuesday, July 9th, the Ironmen are in Fredericton. That was uh, a rained out game. They're making it up on that particular day. Thursday, July 11th, Chatham returns home to take on Moncton. Chatham is also at home on Saturday the 13th uh, versus Fredericton at 7 o'clock. That game, circle that one on your calendar, and we have to give a quick shot to one of the all-time greats. That is the Honor roll night, Jerry, where they are putting number 44, John Saunders, on the left field wall where he rightfully deserves a spot beside the other Ironman greats. I always think of John Saunders behind the plate. I don't think he missed too many games. Reliable, called a great game, offensively talented. Uh, I just think of when I think behind the plate, that's the first name I think of. And I know I wasn't around in the old days, but... You know, in modern day, if you can use that as a term, I think of John Saunders behind a plate. John Saunders is one of the great guys both on and off the field. Uh, Allow me some uh, room here, Jerry. Uh, No question about that. Uh, One of the greatest guys uh, that I personally know and am fortunate enough to call a friend. You're 100% correct. Every pitcher who was given the ball by the coach of the day on the Ironman side of things knew they were in good hands when John Saunders was calling a game. I think other teams... Realize that very quickly as well. I would say John hasn't missed too many nationals over the course of mm-hmm. his career. Yeah. The third week of most Augusts, John knew where he was going to be, whether it was waving the Ironman flag or some other team in the Brunswick Senior Baseball League. And uh, offensively was a dandy. There's no question. I'm going to run by some numbers for you here in a How second. How many but seasons? The other thing I should note about John is this. He played injured a lot, especially on the home stretch in the twilight of his career, if I could use that term and never once complained about that. And you know that to be true. You'd see him stroke uh, what should have been a double. It was a single because the old legs weren't what they used to be. And I, you know what? I admire and respect the guts and the heart it takes to, to get down there and squat and get up and throw back 100 and some plus pitches uh, back to your pitcher of the day. And uh, he's just a beautiful ball player, Jerry. There's no question. And as far as how many seasons, holy smokes, we'd have to go deep through the Brian Richard uh, tickle trunk to find well, that out. Do you have a number of games played? Well, here... here just... No, here's what I do have okay. right here. 359 career hits, 301 RBI, 56 home runs, 59 doubles, 218 runs scored, and of course uh, his abilities uh, behind uh, the plate are obviously not measured by statistics, 
but uh, were certainly every bit as important through Did the course of... Did you give me the of, career batting average? Through the course of uh, his career. I always felt that he was always, um, for the Ironmans, certainly, in the, uh, in the top four or five with average, and I think consistently throughout the league um, in the top ten in that regard, too, because he never, he never, I don't ever remember... Too many slumps for John Saunders. I thought he was just a good contact hitter. And as you say, he hits, uh, he hits some dingers and he hits some two-baggers. But yeah, the wear and tear of a catcher behind the plate. And they came up with these uh, knee savers, those little triangular pads that they put mm-hmm. in behind. I don't know if John ever used them, but um, just thinking about getting up and down. And John, look at, and John notes that I'm not, uh, this is no surprise, John's a big guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and to get up and down like that all the time, uh, throw a game on a hot August afternoon, you know, that's tough work. The other thing we'll mention here on uh, Saunders too, Jerry, is uh, many league awards over the course of the years as well. Uh, we're throwing uh, John's way, be a defensive uh, player of the year. I'm, I'm looking here, uh, a five-time defensive player of the year. So, Certainly, there can be no argument or no discussion. And if there should be, it's a very one-sided argument and a very one-sided discussion. John Saunders rightfully has earned his inches on the left field wall. And sooner or later, that left field wall is going to have to get bigger. <laughs> with the names, Or the names are going to get smaller, one or the other. I don't know which one it's going to be, but they're prominent down the left field line. Absolutely. So that game, again, the Chatham Senior Ironman honor roll night is Saturday, July 13th. The Fredericton Royals are in town. And again, not to tug on one's heartstrings, Jerry, but it does seem somewhat fitting that it is the Fredericton Royals who happen to be in town for that oh, particular yes. game. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So many great uh, series, so many great yes. games. Uh, they've uh, John's been a part of their trips to the Nationals. Some of the Royals have been parts of our trips to the Nationals. Uh, there is a long, healthy, and sometime acrimonious relationship between those two teams. And uh, John had a front row seat for that for 15-plus seasons for sure. All right, so again, folks, be mindful that the Chatham Senior Ironman are hosting the upcoming Nationals in the month of August. Book your time off. Take your floaters. Fake sick and call in. Whatever you got to do. Pick up your tournament pass down at Family Convenience on Wellington Street, and we'll see you there in the month of August. A new feature here. We're going to call this one Jerry's Hat Trick. Jerry's making notes all week here as things pass through his brain. Topic number one, Jerry, go ahead. Well, that's, you know, that's if I'm I'm invited on the show, I just uh, make mental notes of stuff. Right. (laughs) Well, the first one, of course, just to go back in a little bit on on what we've talked about in the last couple weeks, the NBA and the NHL uh, concluded their their championships. And uh, fortunately, at the time that you and I talked about the NBA final, uh, Toronto just lost Game Five on home on home court, and had to go to uh, Oakland to play Game Number Six. Fortunately, won it there, but the party lasted for. Did they stop in Vegas on the way home? And oh yes, they went something on, like that. They went and on a tour. The the, uh, the um, parade was on the Tuesday, I think, following. I think there was like a Thursday or Friday night that they won. Uh, game number six, but did you ever see so many people? And of course, what was the, <laughs> this is a joke now? When was the last time Toronto hosted a parade? <laughs> and maybe some of the logistics weren't perfect, but certainly didn't stop uh, what they would say 1.5 million people coming out to see the Raptors parade through the streets of Toronto. Well, allow me to play devil's advocate on that, not to rain on your parade, pun intended. Uh, I don't know that the logistics were a little bit wayward. I don't think that anyone had anticipated the crush of people that were going to show up. And I think you're low from everything I've read on the 1.5 million. I'm seeing seeing north of 2 million. And I've got into this conversation too, and, and we'll get back to the Raptors here. Let's assume the Leafs win the Stanley Cup next season, just for the sake of this story. I'm not so sure 
that lightning strikes twice. I think that was Toronto at its absolute best, and I think it's a more global game in the sense that right. there. I'm not saying there's more Raptors fans yes. in the GTA than there are Leafs fans, but there are more. Di- well, you know what? Maybe I am in a roundabout way. It, it, I, again, I just don't think that that happens again. If if the Leafs win the Stanley Cup or the Jays win the World Series, I don't know that that happens again. That was perhaps a one-time deal. That was yeah, massive. It, it just consumed all of Canada. Absolutely. Coast to coast. And I, I know, you know, don't dare, and they probably will, if the Leafs ever do win the Cup, they'll put the parade on national TV. Oh. Which, uh, it's Toronto. Yeah, it's Toronto, but that's where the media center is, so it'll make it, you know, to, to you know, your everyday TV. But if the Toronto Maple Leafs win the Cup, I'm not as interested to watch that as I was to watch the Raptors sing. And getting back to the logistics thing you said, it was about um, the length of time it took for the event because... The parade route was not cordoned off well enough right. so that they could move along smoothly, right. and they got bogged down numerous times. And That's as, what as, took so long. As more people arrived on the right. backside, it pushed the front side forward. What are you saying there, too, on national TV? I watched the parade on national TV. Or are you saying on non-sports channels? Right. Well, the Raptors parade was on CTV. CBC Newsnet okay. and CTV yeah, yeah. News Network. And, All right. I, I see you what know, you're that saying. That consumed the whole... Any, you turn a, a TV on any Canadian station right, on, okay. on that particular day of the parade. I don't think it's this. I think it might be the same if it's the Leafs too, because of the media center Toronto is, and they would think that everybody across Canada would want to know. Now, here's an interesting uh, topic of conversation. As I watched the coverage of um, the Raptors parade, they kept referring to, you know, when you hear in New York, and we're heavily influenced by the American uh, media, as you know, and I'm going to prove a point here right now, and I'm going to somewhat out you. And if you nail this, then uh, more power to you. But mm-hmm. they refer to the folks coming in on the, on the trains and the subways uh, from the boroughs of Toronto. And when you hear boroughs of Toronto, you kind of go, what the hell are the boroughs of Toronto? Because when you hear the boroughs of New York, you think of what? Bronx. Uh, Bronx. Manhattan. Brooklyn, right, right, right. Know, uh, so, so we know Staten that. Staten Island. Right. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. Do you know the boroughs of Toronto? Could you even venture a guess? Well, I would think like a, a Mississauga, a Scarborough, a, um, Don Mills, <laughs> you know, something like that. All right, so uh, outwardly, uh, I'm going to come with you here. I think of Barrie, I think of Mississauga. Got it. Uh, and, and those areas. Yeah. Here are the boroughs of uh, Toronto. Scarborough. Yeah, I got that. You had that one. Yeah. Etobicoke. Yeah, okay. And then you're into the Yorks. York itself, East York, and North York make up what we know as Toronto. And I'm watching this going, holy shit, I know more about New York City than I do about <laughs> Toronto. And ain't that a shame? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Well, it is, yes, it is true. It is very true. All righty. Are we done with that or do, are we well, moving on? Well, so just happy that they won. We thought, oh. both of us thought they were going to win in game six, which is great. They got the performance they needed from uh, all parts. And uh, I see that uh, Spicy P then got most improved player <laughs> because I, I didn't really know it at the time, but he had the game winning shot in game number six. So that's Pascal Siakam, who uh, has uh, certainly become really a figurehead for the team. He's really been uh, one of those players that just jumps out at you with his smile and his personality and, and what he did on the court and how what a force he became 
this particular season. So all that, now all the, the discussion is about whether or not Kawhi comes back. So quick question to you. Do you think the lad comes back and plays with Toronto again? If you had asked me that question yesterday, I would have said all day long. Today I watch a little uh, Sports Center, Sportsnet, both of them, and uh, it appears as though the Lakers and Clippers are now heavily in on the soon-to-be bidding war, and Kawhi has expressed some interest in taking his show on the road. And it's influenced somewhat, too, Jerry's. I've come to find out, if you go down the Kawhi rabbit hole, New Balance, sneakers and merchandise and sponsorships are everything in the NBA. Well, they're everything in every of the big mm-hmm. four. Um, they would prefer that he be stateside and more preferably in Los Angeles. So now, what about... Can they can they force an agent's hand? Can they force Kawhi's hand? Can they force a team's hand? Can they dictate that? I don't know, but it, I'm just telling you what I heard today. So what about the fact you see him around town? In Toronto, he's at a Blue Jays game. He's Absolutely. going to different functions around town. Don't you think, I would have thought after it was all over, bang, he goes back to his, well, I guess his home state is California, mm. goes back home and kicks his feet up and, you know, cruises through his hometown and gets patted on the back and all that sort of thing for him to still spend time in Toronto. And this is the other thing, Patty, uh, whether or not I, it's still, I think, 50-50, when he was in San Antonio, it was the same thing. He was the second. He wasn't the main guy. He was a second fiddle. Mm. He was a he was a role player, a great role player. Don't get me wrong. He comes to Toronto, and now they, I don't know. They might even construct a, you know, a statue for him for what he done Whew. for this uh, for this country and for that city to be on the NBA map rename by the, winning a championship. Rename the Don Mills Parkway. So then. <laughs> Does he not like, maybe he doesn't like to be the number one guy. Maybe he maybe got a taste of it and really likes it. Rather than going back to, let's say, the Clippers with some other superstar and having to share roles again, maybe he enjoyed the role he had and how it worked out. And maybe he's gone off. You know, drew uh, developed a fondness with the players he played with. He's a very uh, quiet, <laughs> reserved person. He he, he shuns all social media. Mm-hmm. And I would think, despite the fact that there's an entire nation behind the Raptors, as opposed to the Lakers or Clippers and that whole dynamic, but I would think one could hide easier in Toronto than in L.A. But maybe I'm crazy. Okay, how about this? Did you know, in the state of California, the population is 32 million people. So Canada, as many people as California has. Right. So if Kawhi's a, a Laker or a, a Clippers player, and we talk about marketing New Balance, well, you're marketing New Balance throughout Canada now, right? Because of him, sure. And don't you think every kid in Canada wants to be Kawhi Leonard now? Yes. You know, so it wouldn't that have more impact than him playing as a Clipper, of which the Clippers have been downtrodden and disrespected for many years, and he's going to go play there with another superstar? Mm. Don't you think for New Balance that takes the shine off what they're trying to do with him? It's an interesting point, Jerry, that you make. Kawhi has also been rumored to have enrolled his daughter in a private school in Toronto, but that's all hearsay for the time being. Toronto media going crazy. Kawhi Watch 2019. Yeah, Yeah, he bought a condo or he bought a a property on... Such and such a street, yes. <laughs> All right. It'll be fun to find out, though. One closing footnote on there. I, well, know as, I know as much about basketball as I do nuclear physics, but it is of note. We both picked the Raptors in six, and we managed to get McCarthy there, Sean McCarthy, to come with us on that one, too. Yes. So we nailed that one, Jerry. So Yeah, not so good in the NHL. No, terrible in the NHL. Oh, my gosh. All right, Jerry's hat trick. Topic number two. What do you have in the old notepad? 
Um, and what is the notepad? Is it an old campfire notepad? Or no, is it no, a- it's just a piece of scrap paper I pulled out of the desk and wrote some notes down. Because okay. when they come, you know what, you, what happens when it, something comes to you, you got to write it down. Right oh, away. absolutely. One okay. never knows when inspiration strikes well, them. Well, the other, the other one was about the NBA NHL predictions, of which congratulations to St. Louis and all, you know, the, the, the surprise in me that they beat Boston in Boston, but it all, and it came down to goaltending. And at one end, the guy stand on his head early in the game. That's Bennington. Boston was all over them, had a power play, couldn't score, and a deflection down in front of Rask, and that just unraveled Rask, and one nothing, 2 nothing, and that was really over. I stopped watching after the first period. I said, I'm not turning back unless Boston scores a goal. You? Yes. Bailed out on game seven. Mad. I was that mad. What you go to? The shots were 12-4. What you go to? Two nothing. I don't know. What, was it America's Got Talent, or what was it? <laughs> Jeopardy reruns, or what? <laughs> My, I don't know. I can't remember. Must have been some recorded like, uh, I, like uh, naked and alone. I don't know, or naked I, and scared, whatever it is. I, you watch that? Yeah. Have you ever seen the show Alone? Have I ever watched Naked and Scared? No, alone? no. Is have you ever you... watched the show called Alone? Never. Well, you gotta check it out. Really? Yes. It's is on it a, the History Channel. Is it a serial or is it a, a reality they show? They take or? ten people and put them out in the woods, and now they're in the northern climes. And they are allowed to bring supplies and things, not food supplies, but things that help them build a shelter and hunt and things like that. And they're out there, and the longest one out there gets to win a million dollars. I got to jump in. Are they together as 10? Are they? No, no, no. They're, they're all in 10 different areas. locales. Yes, it is fascinating. If you get a chance, watch it. So I switched it, and I didn't turn back until, well, Boston scored late. So I thought Boston would win that. They didn't, but St. Louis, another one of those, you know, nice feeling stories that. They get a championship for the first time. May I? Yes. I'm all about geography, as you well know. That's <laughs> well documented here. Uh, the more I read about Jake Allen losing his first, uh, uh, losing the starter's job to uh, Bennington, the more I read, the more humble, the more I admire Jake Allen. Um, he took his role in stride, knew that they were going on a run, knew that Bennington was the man. And I've even read, Jerry, he has gone so far as in when it was practice time and morning skates, he would try and emulate the opposing goaltender's tendencies so the guys knew what they were looking at when they were coming down for a shot or whatever. And that mm-hmm. says a hell of a lot about Jake Allen, and one cannot be but super proud of Jake Allen as New Brunswick. Well, so good on him. And there's another New Brunswick connection, too, as well. Uh, David Alexander was the goaltending coach, and uh, he is also uh, of New Brunswick He's a professional, origin. and he's a mature man, and you accept your role as it comes. And if it wasn't, you know... Um, the struggles they had, you couldn't, maybe not, you can't blame it on Jake. It was just the team was in a funk. They made a change, not only in the net, but in coaching. And it turned around and you just go with the ride and you, you're there if you needed and you'd be a professional. And that's what Jake was doing. And, and uh, obviously does did a very respectful and an admirable job in doing so. It must have been very difficult. And is that one of the all-time great interim head coach Feats. Well, didn't he just get a contract? I know, but at the time, uh, yes. well, I'm judging him as interim head coach. Is that not one of the all-time great performances or what? And what is he that, that he does that was different than he? I think he just made them work harder. I think he just made them, you know, I, I found their forecheck tenacious and they were on the puck all over the ice. Maybe they weren't doing that in the first half of the season. So I mean, maybe that's something that he uh, instilled in them. So he was that type of player. Craig Berube was a, <laughs> he was a, I didn't, when, when you played the Flyers, I didn't like, Craig Brube, because he was in your face all the time, and no hesitation to drop the gloves either, but very tough and uh, str- uh, aggressive individual. All right, and again, to put a cap on this one, you highly recommend Alone. Alone. It's called Alone. I believe it's the History Channel. 
I think you'd enjoy it. I th- it's very mind-blowing about what these people are doing and how they're doing it. Are they half hours or hour long? Hour long. Really? Yes. And are you recording this being the old PBR? Absolutely. All right. Yes. All right, Jerry's hat trick, topic number three. Here we go. What was topic number two? Stanley Cup. Oh, okay. I'm putting the NBA and Stanley Cup together. But no, this is the one. Oh, okay. So No, no, this is, that's fine because this Uh, is a story that uh, warmed my heart. Um, It did warm my heart that Canada lost. And I'm talking about the women's uh, Canadian football or football soccer team. At the World Cup. At the World Cup who lost in the quarters to Sweden, one nothing, mm-hmm. had a chance to tie with a penalty kick late and didn't. Janine Becky mm-hmm. had an opportunity to tie it up and didn't. Um, went on, lost that. And how heartbreaking it was for the Canadians. And I guess Christine Sinclair, in regards to it, could be her last game. I think she might be in the Olympics, but maybe her last uh, World Cup. Right. Um, and how impactful that was. But after the game, in an interview, Janine Becky, who was the one that was to take the penalty shot and didn't score, gracefully came over and spoke to the girl from TSN. Mm-hmm. And no finer interview would you ever want to hear from a Canadian athlete who has heart and soul right on the tip of her tongue. And how moving it was. I thought it was a, a beautiful Interview handled very well on both ends, and that she was gracious enough to come over and get interviewed after having her heart ripped out of her chest. Well, I'm going to put um, professional uh, before personal on this one, and you just touched on it briefly there. Uh, the one thing that I admire the most is that is not an interview that many athletes would agree to do. And the fact that she did go over and do it and handled herself so accordingly and very eloquently speaks a lot about her. And I, Jerry, again, I'm not a big soccer guy. I can get really excited during World Cups and Olympics. Uh, I'm not a club-level guy. I'll be honest with you there. But I was all in on this World Cup. It's convenient for me. Most of the games are on the afternoon, of which I have most afternoons off. So I was zoned right in on it. I interpret it the way it all washed out. And you touched on it that Sinclair may be done with the World Cup in in the sense that by the next time it comes around, she's going to be four more years older. Uh, There is an Olympics around the corner. But I interpreted that. And maybe I'm all wrong as the... Passing of the torch, if you will. Absolutely it was. Yeah. And and for Christine Sinclair, who is in, and I'm not limiting this to female, I am not limiting this to soccer players, she is in the conversation of all-time great Canadian athletes. Here's the interesting other thing, Patty, that she's two goals, Christine is, two goals away from tying the all-time record of goals scored by an international player. Right. Okay? She could have taken that penalty kick. And you'll hear in the interview, I think of which we're going to play a clip of it. You'll hear in the interview that, no, Christine wanted Janine to take it, which, again, the passing of the torch. Yeah, unbelievable. So you want to play that clip right now? I do. All right, here it is. I know one of the big storylines, obviously, will be the missed penalty. What was going through your mind when that happened? You know, I'm I'm confident in my penalty. I thought I hit it really well. I thought she made a really good save. Um, You know, it's the big moments. Those are the moments that you live for. And you get all the glory if it goes in. And... You take the blame, it feels like, when you miss. So uh, that'll stay with me for a long time. Whose decision was it? Was the coach's decision? The players decided for you to take it? Christine actually asked me if I wanted to take it. Um, and that's a big moment for me. And, um, yeah, I, it's, it's going to be hard for a while. Again, I appreciate you doing this. I know it's difficult. Thank you. No problem. So there, there you hear the heart and soul. And you can hear the fluctuation in her voice. Yeah. She is heartbroken. And as she said, and if you've ever 
I'm sure you've had, Patty, a heartbreaking sport event that would have happened in your life. You think you'll never, ever get over it. But as she said more than once there, I think it's going to be hard for her to get past, past this, and uh, God bless her. 1991, Beasley Field. <laughs> First time Baseball Canada ever had the Nationals at the Bantam level. Lost 4-3 to Team Ontario in the gold medal game. So don't talk about heartbreaking big games. Uh, I can did, give you a play-by-play of that you, game. Did you throw the pitch that went over the wall that lost the game? I or? did not, no. See, I though, was, so this is a little bit more, yes, I, I agree, that heartbroken as a team. and But she had a chance there that she thought she really struck. Anyways, uh, really, really touching story, and I loved everything she said. I had a uh, comfortable seat on the bench for that particular game, and I was <laughs> I was content to be there. But again, Jerry, 4-3. It's one yeah. of those things most people don't want to punch me in the throat for saying this. And I, I realize in those tournaments it's a one-game showdown, but as I reflect upon it at the age of 43 versus 1991, Patty, who was 15 years old, it's one of those games I look back upon. You'd almost rather have lost 10 nothing than 4-3. At least you know who the better team was. Okay, was it 3-3 and then became 4-3, or were you coming from behind the whole game what? 2 nothing coming out of the top of the first. Okay. On two home runs. Yes. Uh, Ontario was represented by a community called High Park, which is uh, evidently a bit of an affluent area. Absolutely. Oh, you're familiar? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. In the heart of Toronto. They were the High Park Braves. Yeah. And um, Lawson McDonald was pitching, hung a couple of pitches, and they went into the night, the Dartmouth night, over the Beasley Field temporary fence. So we're down 2 nothing. We battle back. But anyways, long story short, yeah. uh, lost 4-3. Uh, Come on. Yes. All righty, so Jerry's hat trick makes its debut. What we do there, NBA, NHL, and uh, we wrapped soccer. up with a little uh, FIFA World Cup soccer yes. coverage. Um, is that it for now? Well, yeah, we can we can maybe. Uh, well, and again, you're the producer director all this uh, of this particular fine piece of podism. That um, <laughs> <laughs> I believe that, that's a yes, word. maybe we, if we condense them a little bit and give some quick, maybe ha- make them happen a little bit quicker. Uh, we'll, we'll we're certainly going to take a look at the. Uh, scheduling of these a little bit. So yeah. uh, maybe a, a quick shot in and get uh, everybody up to date with senior ball and some things that have crossed people's minds over the last week in sports is maybe enough for today. We I can turn out more. I like what, I like where you're going with that. Uh, real quickly, a little footnote, and it is by request. Uh, we are working on the great conversation that will be had about the Riverman. You have, uh, for the first time, gotten your hands <laughs> on uh, the yearbook, correct? The yearbook that has all the clippings and a lot of them, God bless him, Patty, Dave Butler. Oh. And I forgot how he wrote. Beautiful. You know, the way he wrote those stories. And there was some in there from uh, Dave Ritchie, some articles from Fredericton and about the league and so forth. And uh, But Dave Butler wrote in such a unique style. It was nice to read his stuff again. And anyways, yes, I've got a book full of, full of stuff from that that championship season. On the home stretch of my uh, baseball career, uh, I was embarking on radio school. And I would be the elected person to, you know, call the scores in back in the day when uh, pre-internet, if you can imagine, right? Mm-hmm. And you'd call Butler and he, Quinn, how you doing? How'd you make out tonight? And you'd say, Dave, we won 4-3 the first game and we lost the second game 5-4. Okay, thanks very much. And he'd hang up the phone and the next day there'd be uh, a half a page article. And you just, he was a wizard. He was one yeah. of the all-time greats, no question yeah. about it. All right, so we're working on that one too, folks. And that's going to be a dandy because I have nothing but fond memories of that. Jerry had a front row seat for it. It was year one. They go all the way to the Nationals. Holy shit, I can't wait for it. Yeah, all right. get guests in for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right, that's all for now. Podcast number 11 is in the books. 
podcasts to come. Jerry, we're going to have a little chit-chat by uh, request again. Folks have reached out to us. They yes. want to hear about uh, some road stories from our Maritime Hockey League games with the infancy of the Miramichi Timberwolves in their first handful of seasons when we were doing radio broadcasts, so we'll get to that. And when you told me about uh, that request, I had a lot of... Um two road trips that came to mind and some very eventful that I think it'll be uh, fun to relive. Well, a little footnote too. I, I don't think I'm limiting it to Maritime Hockey okay. League. We're yeah. going to have road trips in right. general. So yes. uh, that is coming up. Rinks, road trips, and hotels coming soon to you. Again, thanks for listening in. IronHousePro.com Apple Podcasts and Spotify LJPattersonSales.com It's trailer season. Check them out. Thanks again to Jeremy Bork for the theme music.